Hey everybody, welcome to the Schick Show. I'm Scott Schick, your host for this uh, this ride. Maybe it's your maybe it's your lunch break. I just got a message from my cousin uh, Kevin Monahan. He was on his lunch break listening. So, hey man, wherever you are listening, whenever you are listening, um, I, I'm okay with it. You know, <laughs> uh, this morning. My wife and I went on a 25, 26-mile bike ride, and uh, she was listening to me. she I'll be honest, guys, she doesn't listen to this before I put them out. Uh, so her hearing it for the first time on the, uh, on the ride today was pretty interesting. And she gives me some good feedback I, I, I need to hear, you know, from, from you guys, from others. And she really enjoyed episode two. So I was like, heck yeah, man, whatever it takes. And uh, But anyway, my cousin sent me a message. He was like, really enjoyed episode one. Going to be listening again. I'm like, man, I, we may have to coin the phrase sewed just to, uh, you know, just to k- take ownership of it. So thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you, my friend. I had a lot of great feedback as well on the opening uh, couple episodes, and hopefully that will continue. I love hearing back from you guys. It is, uh, that is <clears throat> probably uh, the best part of this, this whole process. It gets a little lonely sitting in here, uh, just staring at the walls in the studio when I do the solos. But, um, you know, by the time you hear this, you will have um, met my good friend Tommy Simison and Listen to the Pet Peeves podcast, and speaking of Pet Peeves, let's get into it, guys. Yep, it's going to get real today. Um, I am super excited about this podcast. I found out through the other two that I'm super excited a lot. After you listen to yourself um, a couple times, you realize uh, the things you say repeatedly. So we're going to explore today being your authentic self, and yeah, like I said, it's going to get real. And part of that process is, you know, self-reflection and listening to those podcasts and hearing myself say super excited 55 times in 30 minutes. Um, man, I was annoyed. I don't know about y'all, but I'd had enough of it. God, this guy, he's hes way too jacked up. How much coffee is he drinking? Not much, people. I'll be honest. Not a lot of coffee goes into this excitement. I'm just excited about life and, uh, you know, just getting better at it. It's like, you know, some people play video games, which, hey, I have no problem with. Go play video games. Go, you know, golf. I enjoy golfing. I uh, enjoy riding my bike. enjoy a lot of things. And I'm trying to get better at all those. But more than anything, I just want to be awesome at life. I want to be an awesome person. So, you know, so let's let's talk a little bit about authenticity. I think it's a pretty interesting word. Um that was introduced to me as I started my teacher training. I'll be honest, I don't know that I had heard it. I'd heard the word, okay, I get it. But I don't know that I'd heard it in in the phrasing of, you know, someone being authentic and, you know, being your authentic self, being your real self. You know, we always talk about get real, people. You know, you gotta get real. Uh, like, yeah, I've said that plenty, but do we really know what that means? So I looked it up. I uh, just did a quick Google search, folks. I, I'm not a research scientist, not what I do, but I can Google with the best of them. So I get on the Google, and 
the Google was really in-depth. I mean, man, just thoughtful and in-depth. The authenticity, the quality of being authentic. <clears throat> Good grief. <laughs> so, uh, I'd do a little bit more work, right? It would have been so much easier if Google would have just laid it out and I could have just read it verbatim, you know, just totally plagiarized them. But put simply, authenticity means you're you're being you're being true to your own personality, being true to your values, your spirit, you know, regardless of the pressure that you're put under um, to act to act otherwise. So I mean, you're honest with yourself and with others. You take responsibility for your mistakes. Looking at it in, in that depth, your values, ideals, and actions have to align there to, to truly become your authentic self. You own you. I, I think that's probably the best. You own you, and you are in charge of those components You own you. Well, do you? Do you own you? Do you own yourself? So I looked it up, and, and through this, through this uh, quick, you know, well, I'll just say I spent hours researching and putting all this stuff together for y'all. I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm just doing this. You know, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm doing this as much for myself as I am for anybody else. The seven signs you're an authentic person. You are accepting of yourself and others. You have a healthy ego. You have a realistic perception of reality. You accept mistakes and learn from them. You are emotionally mature. You have considerate or you are considerate towards others. And you don't feel threatened by others. So there's your checklist. Accepting of others and yourself, healthy ego, realistic perception of reality, accept mistakes, you're emotionally mature, you're considerate towards others, and you don't feel threatened by others. Man, <laughs> y'all know that I can't, I can't keep my brain like on this stuff long enough, but as I'm sitting here thinking about that, I'm thinking about the posts that I see on Facebook on a regular basis, and um, I'm as guilty as anybody, you know, I see something that triggers me a little bit, but not to the point where I lose myself. I don't, I don't go off the deep end. I mean, if I see something I don't agree with, I can typically scroll by and there are a few things that I'll comment on. And typically when I comment on something that, you know, I, I have a little bit of knowledge of, or I have, you know, a deep feeling for, I try and stay away from the ones I have deep feelings about. I'm not getting on here on on the social media and you know pumping out flexing out on you know topics that are that are triggering if i post on somebody's stuff it's usually a little bit of love but if i see something that's just wrong that's just not factual or that i could possibly add a fact to sometimes i can't help myself and it's owning it here right it's not a drunk uh, a drunk post either. I 
I typically leave the phone alone when when uh, when I'm enjoying an adult beverage. So, um, yeah, I mean, I own that. Boy, I think the big one there, you are emotionally mature and considerate towards others. You don't feel threatened by others. I almost want those th three at the bottom to move up. And maybe even you accept mistakes. Man, these are some really good ones. Anyway. So I interviewed, I, I, I was, the reason I come up with this, I, I was just kind of reflecting on the past four years, and uh, four years ago, I interviewed for an assistant principal uh, position at Madison Junior High School, Madison, Indiana, that was in 2019, and um, after the interview, one of the teachers on the panel, her name was Susan, um, she had asked the team, asked the others, is this guy for real? Is he for real? Or is he just selling us? Well, ultimately, I was hired. Thank you so much, Dan Grill. Um, not only for hiring me, but for being my friend. Ah, man, I promised I wouldn't get too deep too soon today. I put it in my notes. But yeah, so I was hired. And near the end of the school year, uh, I just becoming, you know, becoming friends with, with Susan and she shared with me that she had said that. She said, you are for real. I've struggled for a long time to be my true self. I'm still, I'm still seeking that guy, but I'm getting better at it all the time. You know, we play multiple roles in this life and it's, it's difficult to be yourself in all of those roles all of the time. Have you ever felt the pressure to be someone else or some, something else? Or even just stray away from your, your values, your, um, your goals, what, you know, what is important to you? I would guess most of us, if not all of us, have felt some sort of pressure you know, pressure from parents, siblings, relatives, supervisors, co-workers, peer pressure. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I've been a middle school uh, teacher, administrator, educator for the past nine years. Not a long time. You know, plenty of plenty of people I've worked with have done it much, much longer. And man, God bless them. I love you guys. Um, but peer pressure pressure that I know it's a teen thing right is it I'm 49 I still feel pressure by those around me you know if something's said that doesn't align or that isn't isn't appropriate um you know that I feel is doesn't align with me and you know, even though, even though it's not like it was when I was young, it still, it certainly still exists. You know, people, people can be pushy, right? I mean, people can be pushy. <laughs> it, it's, it's out there. And, um, you know, have, have any of you guys ever went to one of those, um, those condo things, the uh, timeshare things, you know, when you're in Gatlinburg and they're like, hey, free tickets, free tickets, go to the Red Barn or wherever, which we love the Red Barn, Comedy Barn. 
that comedy barn is so fun, man. But absolutely, Jennifer and I have done it a couple times. The first time we went to one of those, um, I was in sales. I was selling cars, and I was being trained through the Joe Verde group. And boy, I, I thought I had, I thought I had a way to overcome objections for you know everything. And and we're sitting in this room, and I'm you know this guy is talking. Jennifer is looking at me like, please stop, please stop the whole time. We're there for like three hours, and um, you know through that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jennifer, but through that, you know, I'm boy, they think they've got us. And in the back of my head, I know I'm saying no at the end. I know I am. There is nothing they can do to get me to say yes. It's not happening. I made a decision before I went in and boy, they're pulling them all out, dude. Like it was, it was impressive. They were, they passed us off. Like, you know, I got the first guy then the lady comes by, and then they drop you off in the little, little, uh, little table, and you know Frank comes up and starts talking to you, and and uh, man, he's really laying it on. He's got the paperwork ready, and I'm yeah, man, it does sound good. This sounds fantastic the whole time, like an idiot. I'm leading them on as they're you know. And <laughs> I laugh because thank God Jennifer's not in here while I'm talking about it, but I'm laughing because I can definitely see where someone could get caught up in that and just to get out of it, say yes and sign away. Man, how disappointing is that? You know, we all feel that for sure. Well, I, I certainly have. I, I, if you haven't gone to one of those and, and you're someone who's, you know, a person that, that is a yes person, don't do it. Don't go. Um, you know, people push us and sometimes we feel compelled to give in. We want to feel like or, you know, part of that group. You know, and they make it, man, they make it look really good and they are nice. And uh, maybe get some, some cookies. I can go get cookies at marsh or needler sorry marsh doesn't exist anymore but you know but do we really want to be liked that bad do we need to be liked in that way i like to be liked i think it's important i think i think there's a huge component of being liked trusted and respected 100 percent. but do we need to be part of that group so bad do we need those likes on social media to feel good about what we're doing some people do, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, there's there's a lot of research out there right now talking about how how detrimental likes can be uh, for adolescents, you know, that are that are on social media. But boy, that's for a whole nother um, podcast, that's for sure. I would love love to get some some folks in here to talk to them about that. So, uh, but so this is also from the Google uh, belongingness. Belongingness is the human emotional need to be ex an accepted member of a group. <laughs> I would suppose whether that's family, friends, co-workers, religion, uh, or something else, a team, um, your classmates if you're a kid, you know, some people tend to have an inherent desire to belong and, you know, be an important part of something greater than themselves. I, I, I get that. I, I definitely feel that way. I want to be part of a group. I want to be part of a family. I want to be part of 
uh, something that is bigger than me. So I get it. Yeah. So this gives us a little bit of insight uh, coming back to the teens and the teens being impression to peer pressure. I mean, after all, they are at the dawn of social awareness. You know, they're starting to realize, oh, I'm a, I'm a person and I, I have my own thoughts and feelings and interests that, you know, I don't have to do all these things, you know. Uh, it's interesting, as, as like I said, a, a junior high, middle school educator watching that happen. You know, the kid who, you know, starts out in sixth grade and wearing all the, the gear for the baseball team uh, and is all about baseball, you know, by the time they're graduating, uh, there is nothing, nothing more important to them than drawing, you know. And I think that's, man, what an awesome opportunity for kids when they're in that, in that age to find these different interests. That's why I think you know, public schools is so important. But after all, you know, like I said, they're, they're at the dawn of their, their social awareness. And, you know, we've, if you're an adult, you've gone through it. This is not something that, you know, is just an American thing, a Western civilization type thing. This is a component of human evolution over time. And we are, we're all highly dependent on these social groups. You know, the idea of needing to belong has also deep roots in social psychology. Maslow ranks love and belongingness. It falls in the middle of the hierarchy of needs. It's third in line past physiological needs like breathing and food and water and safety and security and one of those needs are are met uh, once those needs are met the need to belong is needed to continue that move towards self-actualization to finding out who you really are so you you have a physiological and psychological need to belong that falls uh in just after food and safety you know part of and and listen I mean, through time, food and safety, huge component. If you don't belong in a group, man, it's going to be tough out there on your own, walking the woods, the desert, you know, um, paddling across the ocean on your own little boat, trying to find uh, food, safety, just you, you know, it's tough. That's very difficult. Um, so I get it. I'm just thinking about how, how scary that could be for someone uh, that that is just coming through, you know, especially a teenager that they're left alone. That scares the crap out of me. But how does it all play into being or becoming the real you? And and you know, definitely that social group is a huge part of who I am growing up in the family I grew up in. Um, you know, Jennifer, Addison, and Jocelyn, my girls, you know, we, we hope to put them in an environment and around people that are positive influences, people that will support them. Um, we want them to be successful. We want them to launch. Um, you know, they just graduated college, and I'm super proud of them for that. And I think that process for, for a couple kids who uh, are young, young adults, they, man, they always be my kids. I love you guys. Um, I think about 
I, I haven't, I'm not so far removed from my own experiences that I don't realize and I have forgotten how hard it was for me at that age. I was inc- incredibly uh, lost. I mentioned that in the, in the, uh, few of my favorite things podcast just talking about I was lost I was searching I was searching for a place I belong and I didn't know where that was and I I would find a group that I fit in with and I would try to fit in with them I would never truly felt like I fit in many of those many of those groups and and I'm man I, I I want I want us to find our best selves and it wasn't until you know later on in life that I really started digging into that I was 36 when I really started digging in to find out who I am what I'm about and I mean, I'm sure it happened before then uh, I'm man now <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. You guys got to listen to me struggle through it, but I'm sure that I was wanting to find me um, to please all of those around me. I lost my mother um, when right before that process started, and a you know, huge influence in my life. Someone that I desired to have as a positive influence for me. Someone that I really needed affirmation from. And uh, I'm hoping, well, I know, know, listen, I'm not an idiot. I I, I know that I'm uh, continuing to make them proud. It's not so much about them anymore, and, and it wasn't once I got married. I, I knew that my role was to um, continue to, I don't know if impress is the right word, but prove over and over again, I guess it was my mental, the way I mentally looked at it. I wanted to continue to prove over and over and over and over, and like every, every. Thing I wanted to do was to to impress and prove to Jennifer that I was going to take care of her, that I was going to be the guy that takes care of her and my kids, and I think that, man, this is just kind of hitting me right now, but I think that that happened, that thought process was due to me wanting to continue to please my mom and uh and my dad and my siblings and prove to them that I was a good guy. Hmm. I, I told y'all this is very therapeutic. It's really interesting. But, uh I'm sorry I, I kinda kinda lost my my train of thought and, and where I was going with things there. Um but, you know, just that development of respect and feeling free to grow. Um, I needed to go through that process of repeatedly proving 
my worth to others and I never really took the time to prove it to myself and that's that piece of self-actualization you know Carl Rogers I got to study a little bit of his work um, but I went back and looked up some things and, and he describes an individual who is actualizing as a fully functioning person as a person's ideal self you know like who they would like to be and once it is congruent with their actual behavior that is how self-image and boy there i just had a moment with you all right here um so you know after you're well fed after you feel safe after you feel a sense of belonging your self-esteem begins to shape and it's that development and respect that allows you that um that feeling free to grow and and maybe um, man I, I hope some of y'all start realizing that much sooner than i did i'm I, I just bearing it all here right and felt a little bit caged up felt a little bit like uh, i had to continue to prove myself over and over and over again and I, I don't i don't have any regrets about that i mean can't really go back and change it i'm, I'm glad that has happened uh for me and I'm glad I've experienced that. I think it's shaped me to be a much stronger person. It's shaped me as someone who's not afraid to bear it all right here, right? I mean, I'm, I'm willing to push it out to you guys. And my hopes are is that my work, my journey, uh, will be something for you to, to maybe take that next step for your own self-actualization. Someone else I really, really uh, have grown to love is Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. If you have not listened to Eric Thomas, man, please just YouTube him. Guy's incredible. But he talks about trusting the process when he is speaking to individuals and teams. And that process, you know, just trust the process, like the work, the journey. You know, much of life, if not all of our lives, I think this is still part of the process for me. This is the work. Um, it can be the process of self-actualization, you know, becoming your authentic self. You know, if you want to become the best version of you, be the best version of yourself, stop and reflect. Take time to evaluate where you're at. Where are you? Who are you? Take stock. Uh, is that the right word? Take inventory. You know, knowing that you may not or you may have some work to do. I think we all do. I know I do. In my journey you know, toward becoming a principal, I took the first step and looked in the mirror. I took a hard look at what I had to do. And the first step I had to take was for my own self-image because I just didn't have the confidence. I was 300 pounds and uh, wasn't eating right. You know, I, <laughs> I cut all my hair off. I just, you know wasn't happy with my physical appearance um wasn't happy with my own health um i had taken some steps previous to that i'm a former smoker smoked from the time i was 18 to to uh 30 34 somewhere in there when i finally quit maybe maybe 35 you know the first thing i i've, I've realized i've had to do to, in order to change my life was work on what I thought about me, how did I see myself, what did I 
what my appearance was. And as a smoker, uh, I was not healthy. I could hear myself breathing at night, like gargling in my lungs. Folks, man, please. I'm not going to harp on it, but man, if you're, if you're harming yourself, if you're poisoning your body in that way, please take a look and, and just really think about all those around you that love you. You want to become the best version of you. You got to be here to do it. And I stopped smoking. Um, but it still wasn't exercising. It still wasn't doing anything. And went back to school full time at 36 to become a teacher. And even through that process, man, after day one, I'd had enough. I was scared to death, folks. But I took a hard look. I had some great supports with me. And, man, I'm so thankful for Jennifer. She has truly been my lifesaver. She is an incredible person that um, like early on had a lot of these values. She was goal-oriented. She was focused on. She knew who she was and who she wasn't. And that's ultimately, that's why I love her. She is who she is. and But she also realizes, man, I got, I got work to do as well and continues to do that. And she's continued to find education, continued to, to seek out ways to, to be a better, uh, better person in all aspects, just as, just as I hope to do, you know, for, for her as well. But, uh, I had to take a hard look at, um, what I would like to see in myself, what I would like to see in a leader, ultimately, you know, when I went back to get my master's degree and the first thing I knew I had to do was work on my own self-image you know, not only the confidence mentally and professionally, but I didn't like the body that I saw looking back. And I've got a picture of me with my dad and I've shown that picture of me with my dad and it's side by side with a picture of me now. And, um, I dropped 65 pounds in about a six month period and, uh, enrolled in a master's program and just continued to, to push myself. But it took so much focus and Eric Thomas was huge helping me get through that just having that motivation in my ear having someone there to tell me it was worth it to do the work to go through the process and then all the other components they, that play in you know I I, I don't know if I could have uh, I know I couldn't have done it without that type of motivation uh, pushing in to me what I was feeding myself. I was focused on my food. I was focused on uh, my health. I was focused on what was going into my ear, what I was watching. You know, a lot of people like fail videos. I did. I still don't watch fail videos. You know, uh, although I have watched the movie Jackass. You know, all the the series of that. God, those guys are nuts, man. I'm not. But uh, you know, I started my master's program less than a month after dropping 65 pounds and uh, started that process. And boy, that was scary too, you know? I didn't know it at the time, but I needed that confidence boost. I needed it to get through that next two years and beyond. I needed it even now, the rest of my life, that process, that work, that, man, that, the messaging that I, I was uh, putting in, I needed it. I needed to look deep into who I am, who I, I was, who I am, and who I want to be. And I still do that. And the goal is, is literally, the goal, 
set goals, folks. And when you set a goal, do the work to get there. Map it out. And it's that first step. You got to take one step. And continue to take that step. Until it becomes habit. Change those behaviors to change your belief. To me, you know, being authentic means being truly trustworthy. Being able to be relied on. To be consistent and that work, that process, that commitment to this uh, self-actualization, this commitment to your your best self, it's worth it. It's worth it. I want I want to know the best you, just as I want you to know the best me. And uh, there there are times when when I I. I think back and I'm like, gosh, that person did not get the best version of me. The best, the best Scott Schick did not show himself in that moment. And and I go back and I, I dig it up and I, I process it. I reflect upon it and I look for a way to improve. And it, it's, Honestly, it's a great attribute to have. I don't beat myself up. I don't, you know, sit in a room and pout. I, I don't do that. Um, but I do think about how I just interacted with people and what that looks like. You know, had had a couple interviews for for uh, principal positions, you know, along the way, and assistant principals, and a um, couple for an athletic director position. And after each one, I would reach out to the team. Say, hey, it was great to meet you. If there was something that I could have done better, what would it have been? I always ask. I want to know. What what do I need to do to get better? Um, I, I ask that of kids. Hey, you know, when I would have kids in my in my office, ah, man, I know we're going a little long. I'm sorry, guys. I I continue to seek out the best version of me. You know, I'm not 6'6", 300 plus pounds. My dream of being the next great NFL lineman, I was given up a long time ago. It was an ideal, a dream. There are some physical things uh, that that will hold us back. Uh, I was not going to be, and, and when I realized that, um, man, when I realized that, I, I quit football. Man, the things that just, that this whole process is awesome. Man, I highly recommend it to anybody. Even if it's not for for publication, just put you know, just sit in a room and talk to yourself for a while. My best self is right here in the making. I want to be the best son. I want to be the best brother. I want to be the best husband and the father I can be. And no doubt that I'm the best brother uh, in my family. I'm awesome. They know it. Uh, sorry, Bill and Joe, um, but I'm the best brother. That's in there. It's out there. Uh, it's it's in publication. It's it's been said, and if it's on the internet, it must be true. I'm not perfect, folks. I got a lot of work to do, but I do strive to be. I, I strive to be true to my own personality, my own values, my own spirit, regardless of the pressure that I'm under to act otherwise, to act differently. I'm honest with myself and with others, and I take responsibility for my mistakes, and and I make a lot of them. I certainly own that. You know, my I, I am I am someone who's not afraid to try. Um, and when you're not afraid to try, you're gonna you're gonna miss. You're gonna miss, and it's okay. Uh, it's going to be okay. I've spoken to a, 
couple groups of eighth grade kids that are you know, moving on to high school in the past few years. And that's my message to them is it's going to be okay. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be okay. I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with others. And I take responsibility for those mistakes. I take ownership of me. I own me. Do you own you? Take some time. Really start thinking about how can you be your best self? What do you need to do to be your best self? And man, if you're living your best life, God bless you. Man, I love you. Uh, <laughs> I'm envious of you. And um, I had Chandra Ferry, she she posted something on Facebook um, when I when I released my podcast. And she was like, you're living your best life. Well, I'm getting there. I mean, I feel like every day is, you know, I'm living and I'm enjoying my best life. But I just want to thank everybody for listening in. You know, don't forget to shoot me some messages. Let me know what you're thinking. I I really do appreciate the messages that are out there and um, just seeing some feedback from folks. It's been it's been really cool to see. We're just getting started. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I, I realized that I needed to come in and record something different today than what I had scheduled to come out, and uh, you know, just to give thanks and. Let everybody know that I hear you, and thank you for hearing me. And uh, I look forward to, to meeting with some of you that have reached out and want to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, but gosh, man, God bless y'all. And, you know, just check me out uh, on, um, you know, follow me here, whatever it is. I still don't really know what the whole, this is, I'm just being honest, man. This is still pretty much about me, but. Sorry, your lunch break just went a little long, Kevin, but um, let me know what you think. I want to hear from you. I've enjoyed hearing from you, and uh, I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Give me something deep. Give me something good. I appreciate you all. Check me out, scottschick.com. The Real Mr. Schick on Instagram and Twitter. Shoot me an email at therealmrschick at gmail.com. Have a great day, everybody. 